Hello and welcome to the 4D Human Being Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Churchman, and in this episode, Penelope and Philippa have very different approaches to being early and being late. They humorously discuss their differences, as well as different levels of responsibility we feel in life, how much capacity we each have to juggle things in our lives, and of course, doing the whole dirty hand thing, which I'll leave Pen and Phil to explain. We hope you enjoy the show. Nomanometer, what's it called? The metronome. Oh, that's it, the metronome. The garage band metronome, keeping us in check. I mean, I don't like being kept in check. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the understatement of the century. And also, there was something on the radio this morning on Women's Out about people who were late. There was a Philippa Perry, I don't remember who else was on, about why are people late and about, you know, sort of timekeeping and the psychology of it, which I thought was quite interesting. And actually, the most interesting bit, I thought, was that the fear of being early. Ah, oh, my children hate being early. Because yes. They are, because they are, I know they've said it to you as well, because they hate being early, because they are early to everything. I mean, that's because they're with you. Yeah. And I, you and I have stood in Bangkok Airport for, it felt like a year. <laughs> it did. But when you say the fear of being early, I don't really understand that mm. fear. I've had it, so I'm just drinking tea. I've had it with therapy clients. Why would you be fearful of being early? Um, because, well, certainly what was mentioned, the little bit I heard amidst the loony experience this morning of running yes, yes. out of, of petrol, petrol in my car. I did it. It's just the daftest thing. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, being conspicuous, so being seen, I guess now there's a thing of being on your own, like just sort of sitting there. That's I mean, like my dream. I think that's why I go well, being early. conspicuous. No, being being on your own, being on my own. I mean, yeah, having that space. In fact, I probably am early to something every single day, and that's the only time yeah, where I have downtime on my own, unless I lock myself in the bathroom. So I, I deliberately get places early, and the earlier the better. Well. Did somebody say that on Women's Hour? Very close. Have I got some sort of psychological problem? You, no. No, quite the opposite. No, no, quite the opposite. You could be a guest speaker on Women's Hour, clearly. I, I, well, I could. We know that. We know that. Um, no, in fact, where it got where they got to was there's a big difference. I love this. There's a big difference between trying to get there on time and deciding to get yes. there on time. And you clearly decide to get there on time. Now, but my girls have twigged it. They've worked it out. So they know when I say, come on, come on, hurry up. We're little. They, they look know. at we've me got, and we've they got go, at least 15. At least. Yeah. So, I know that with you, it's probably nearer an hour. Yeah, I've blown it. But aren't you thinking on some level, I'm about to get somewhere where I will then waste 45 minutes of my day just being early? No, because I think even as I'm trying to get the children out of the house in the morning for school, as an example, even when I know I've given myself a really generous leeway of probably 15, 20 minutes, Mm. the body is starting Mm. to go into Mm. stress. We're going to be late, we're going to be late, we're going to be late. So I know the only way for me, well, it's not the only way, it's the way I've I've ended up doing things. The way for me is that I have to continue on that schedule, even knowing I'm going to get there early so that the body stays calm. Okay, what I find really, really fascinating about this is that as somebody who is quite task-focused and a really good implementer, yeah. you know, the sort of COO of any organisation, <laughs> like, like, let's get this done. Yeah. 
you prioritize your physiological state, yes. which is definitely a good segue in a minute into what we want to yeah. talk about today, but you would prioritize your state over getting more Definitely, done. because it will it could throw me out of kilter for the whole day yeah. because... Yeah. A, the system could get stressed, you know, even for a dentist appointment, anything really, the system can get stressed. And then I either might end up getting cross with somebody else or <laughs> I'll get cross with myself yeah, or I'll be embarrassed or whatever it might be. So it's worth it to keep the day yes. on yes. track. Because then actually you're in a better sis- state. Yeah, keep yeah. my state in. I do know on some level... And I don't think since Bangkok Airport I've ever been sort of three or four or five oh, hours God, early Bangkok Airport. <laughs> Bangkok Airport. <laughs> but it was forever. Minutes. It was like some sort of vortex. I mean, we were on holiday and we spent, it felt like half the holiday in Bangkok Airport. But we did not miss that plane. We, didn't miss, we did not miss that plane. Let's be clear. And I bet your heart wasn't racing. There you go. Yeah. So. yeah well, it sort of was because you were so grumpy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was spending half my holiday in Bangkok Airport. But I don't think I've ever. <laughs> Mr. Flight. No. And I, I have taken yeah. a considerable number of flights mm, in my life. I've been applauded. <laughs> On a flight, I think from Edinburgh, I got on and yeah, everybody in the plane clapped because they were waiting. That's yeah, quite an achievement. I mean, I like an applaud, but that wasn't that wasn't <laughs> good, my fi- that wasn't, wasn't in a good spirit. That wasn't my finest moment. No, that uh, wasn't I, my finest. I would moment. just say though, just for any of the listeners who think who think I'm completely bonkers, getting early. I just sit in my car basically all day, being early for things. Uh, I have definitely shifted a bit since lockdown. Not since Bangkok. <laughs> Not since Bangkok. No, Bangkok. So why has lockdown shifted it? Um, I suppose because there was just less moving around to things so Mm. there was less need to be following a schedule and getting places Mm. on time and I think also because the world feels a little bit like it's turned on its head both because of that and because of other things in um our my personal life so it sort of feels a bit less important if I'm Mm, 10 minutes late to a dentist but does it does it mean your heart rate still doesn't like you're not worried about less so interesting so it's interesting how the world around me has has well it's taken the chaos for you Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. think the whole world is in such a in such a. So when the external system is taking all the anxiety, you yeah. don't need to take as much. That's right. Mm, That's right. Interesting. <laughs> um, I've got so my last piece on this is. Will you ever go on holiday with me again? Uh, no, I will. <laughs> but I'll just extend how long we go for, allowing for airport time. Um, although that's irrelevant at the moment, of course. Um, so. Yes, yeah, so this morning was an example of something else they talked about, which is on Women's Hour, which is about lying about the time, which you, oh. which you sort of do to your kids. But, I mean, they came up, they sort of said at the end, that's just like putting a sticking plaster on it. But actually, I got the time wrong today of a vet appointment. And I think it might be quite a useful thing for me to get times wrong, <laughs> to put them in wrong in my diary, because that's going to allow more time. Yeah. And... I ran out of petrol. Yeah, as we The know. light has been on for, I would say, at least six, if not eight journeys. Yes, and we had this conversation, and whilst we don't like to make massive generalisations, I've definitely heard other commentators talk about the fact that women don't like filling up I don't like going to the petrol station, particularly no, at the moment. I don't. No, I mean, you've got to do the whole dirty hand thing. I mean, that sounds a bit weird, but yeah. <laughs> you've got to do the whole... And I didn't have any gloves with me. Gloves I with need me. to get out more. So, yeah, exactly. You've got to go and do the dirty hand thing. Um, 
And then the whole masking. But I don't, I guess it's also standing outside. It's the interruption that, for me. It's like if I want to get somewhere, I just want to get somewhere. It's, and in fact, when I, I do... When but I, do, I didn't get somewhere. No, so you, didn't, you didn't. When I do buy petrol... <laughs> I almost always have to buy myself something, even if it's just a packet of chewing gum, mm. to justify that the disruption. I did not know dis- that. Because otherwise the disruption just feels so un- not worth it and not... I did yeah. not know so that So if I get something that's like a nice cold bottle of water or some chewing gum or something or some fruit pastels... It's made it worthwhile. It's made it worthwhile. Yeah, well, let me tell you, it's definitely <laughs> worthwhile because otherwise you break down two miles from your destination. <laughs> but um, car stops behind me... And we're in COVID. Uh, was taught as a child not to get into strange men's cars. <laughs> but I just sort of risk assessed very quickly. and Intuition? He, yeah, intuition. And he, first of all, and I had no phone signal because I was in a dead spot. I mean, it was, you know, the intersection of everything. It's the beginning of every crime drama. It's the beginning of every crime drama. <laughs> I did have a moment of thinking... Am I going to be gagged and bound in a basement fact, by lunchtime? <laughs> in fact, if they'd filmed you breaking down in your car... Oh, there'd have been music. Dead, so there'd have been music yeah. and I would have switched off within 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah because you'd have known alone. there's a basement at the yeah, end of this, yeah. And I really... Oh, there's a train going by. I really am but as, tired of dramas on television with women bound and gagged in basements. And that's the conversation we had afterwards with, uh, with Kevin... 99.9999% of people in the world, or men in the world in this Do case, not drive you to a basement. No. No. <laughs> I mean, and I'm, I know we're being a bit flippant about this, and it's, te- I mean, absolutely just devastating when something like that. Obviously, I mean, it's beyond words. But, you know, he had three dogs in the back. He just dropped his kids to school. I just kind of, there was just a very quick risk assessment yeah, on that. Yeah. And then he offered to take me to a petrol station, waited. I bought a jerry can. I've never done this before, but now I know how to do it. Um, and then I filled up. He drove me back. He waited until I'd filled up and tried the car and got the engine running. Chivalry. I'm just like... Yeah. Does this got, has this got any relevance to the topic we are supposed well, to be talking about today? Yes, we're going to talk about responsibility and capacity because you wanted to talk about responsibility and I want to talk about capacity. And you'll capacity. do some sort of super segue. And we'll segue. do like magic super segue. <laughs> magic super segue! You still haven't got that jingle. I know I've got that jingle. So, but... Um, yes, because I did not get stressed. Mm. But the reason I did not get stressed is because I didn't have a crazy diary today, i.e. I had lots of capacity and very little responsibility. So there was no stress at all because I could have walked the two miles or until I got to a phone signal, called Kevin, although he's on call so he wouldn't have answered and he would definitely have enjoyed the fact that he I told you so. I told you so that light's been on yeah. but my light usually goes to red before it really this is, is ju- this is called justifying I know now. and it didn't but so I'm gonna blame the car it's pointless but yes yeah, so I was super calm because no responsibility and high capacity so basically clear out the diary basically don't have anything in the diary <laughs> if you've got any sort of small menial task like going to the vet to do it on a day with that's what you do when you're old isn't it well, clear out the diary. Well, you don't... Oh, you have one thing a day. Yeah, yes. you do one oh. thing a day. Well, we do... Go to the butchers. We do say, though, that we think we were born with old souls. She's had one thing, you just pot it to the baker's. Oh, I'm looking, yeah, looking forward to going to buy that loaf of bread. Take my time to choose it. Yeah. Have a chat with the person in the store. Yeah. Instead yeah. of what we actually... Which is tearing around. <laughs> and, you know, and in fact, you know, probably no bread in the house or hopefully there's some in the freezer because there's no time. Yeah. Although yeah. I had a conversation with our colleague Matt this morning about exactly that statement, there's no time, mm. because we are... Which is actually, of course, existentially true. 
There okay, is, we're, yes, not going, okay we're not going down that path. But the, it came up because of uh, a survey and one of our clients talking about not having enough time to do development, personal development and training. And he's just read a book, I think it's called 168 Days, the book, that basically really disputes that statement, mm-hmm. I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. It's not a priority. Yeah, it's true. Is the statement. It's true. Um, So it's not that I don't have enough time to go and meander to the bakery and buy a loaf of bread and have a conversation. It's not my priority to do that. Well, and I clearly have enough days, time. 168 days. That doesn't look like the book. I'm just scrolling. Just that looks like that's definitely not the book, is it? No, but there was another one called 365 days. No. 168 hours. Quite a lot of difference, isn't it? 168 hours, 168 days. Especially when you're Googling Especially when you're Googling Especially when you're Googling it. 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 Oh, no, she is the only one, no, yeah. to be fair. Sorry, Laura, sorry. But it's true, um, et al. You never want to be et al, do you? Like, who's al? My name's not al. Philippa, you would never be et al. Let's <laughs> no, be really we're giving away clear. too much about my personality. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so responsibility. So in all, in all of these conversations about feeling calm when you run out of petrol or not having enough time to go to the, to the bakery and have a conversation with the baker, um, I, yeah, for me, a lot of it is to do with the fact that I cram my diary with things and then I have an, just an overwhelming responsibility that I have to be on time. I have to attend those things. Yeah. I have to send things out. And, and it's all down to you. Yeah. And I, I, yes. And if I don't do those things, because I hold myself so responsible and accountable, I think, um, you might disagree, but I think no, I do. I do. No, I do agree. I definitely um, agree. It's really challenging for me to let go of things. Yeah. Um, and that can put us into a system, uh, you know, a state of stress and we'll talk about, you know, the capacity yeah. of the system. But I think it's very linked depending how much responsibility you place on yourself. And we hear this from our clients as well in terms of how much personal responsibility people do or don't take for their day-to-day. There's two things that immediately come up for me on this. I'm going to just say them so that I don't forget them. One is the thing of um, when we see other people sort of doing less or not taking on that responsibility and we can't understand it because I seem to be able to do it why can't they do it and the other thing that sort of that links it to capacity is I think that most people massive generalization (laughs) another jingle jingle, most people and I'm working with um people who've been very involved, frontline workers um, during the pandemic. And I also had a conversation recently with um, one of Kevin's very dear relatives who who lost her husband. And we were talking about capacity when suddenly you've got to do something quite seemingly quite trivial, but you're not actually aware Mm. that actually you're, you've, you've, you've got a lot of emotional responsibility already going on, but you're not really in touch with it. Or you've previously, such as frontline workers, you've, you've, you're so over 
burdened with the responsibility yeah. that you've had and that sort of ties in with trauma that you're not aware that that responsibility is still sitting yeah. there and you haven't really got the capacity and the tiniest thing can just and the tiniest thing and this you. is what i was saying to, to, to kevin's relative you know it was something like you know a sort of bill or a house repair needed doing and i remember it after after tom died that you're just not aware that the bucket is completely full um in terms of your responsibility if you like is is dealing with grief or trauma or whatever it is or I don't know and a relative is ill and you're dealing with that and everything is going on that but you don't really realize yeah. so you can't really take on any other responsibility be it sort of paying a bill yeah. or sorting something out because you're you're at capacity so I think that's one side of it and the other is just generally I think some people have more capacity to take yeah. on more responsibility totally. you know? and I it must be really yeah. galling yeah, yeah. for we people talk, we who talk, we've spoken about the window of tolerance in the past haven't we and how that is very unique to each of us depending on you know our upbringing and what we, how we self-regulate and any trauma we may or may not have had so we've all got a different window of tolerance and for those of us who've got quite expansive windows of tolerance which I've always thought I have yes you can you can judge other people you know perhaps they have mental health issues or they just can't emotionally deal with something and you think well I can yeah why can't why can't they it looks really straightforward yeah that's right and also it must be really very distressing for somebody who has a high capacity for responsibility when suddenly they're at burnout you know suddenly the head's in the washing machine and they're like ah you're laughing (laughs) talking about me in lockdown (laughs) totally it's it's shocking because it's 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 not you you don't identify totally yeah totally and i i think one of the one of the reasons i feel it's so linked with responsibility and we again we talk about this sometimes in in our work is where is the line of responsibility in terms of how much one should take on because if somebody for Mm. example shifts a meeting last minute or asks for something last minute or I automatically feel a responsibility to accommodate that I also feel so I also feel responsible for managing what other people can't manage or changes that they've made or situations that are external to me rather than thinking well that's something that's happened that I can't take responsibility for I will automatically look to myself Mm. in the first instance Um, and obviously sometimes I have to I, I have to push back but I will always always try and accommodate and take the responsibility so your pattern is high responsibility yeah yeah and it's it's all down to you yeah and on, and on one on one side that makes for a, a brilliant sister CEO. <laughs> yeah and it makes for a brilliant it does make for a brilliant leader because you know i've thought about this a lot recently that we need people to take responsibility in leadership roles it feels very very unsafe and disconcerting when we feel like leadership or you know people in positions of power are not taking responsibilities it's actually quite frightening because if you think about that from a child's perspective if your parents aren't taking responsibility for your safety well-being and you know nourishment it's terrifying yeah so it is hugely important I guess you know what we're talking about is well what what, where's the line that's right and I think because that's my dominant way of operating and my pattern I guess the flip side of that is twofold really one is you will eventually reach capacity but the other side of it is are you allowing other people to take their own responsibility I mean I was doing an exercise yesterday with a with a group of wonderful wonderful delegates and we were talking about how we could introduce different ideas processes yeah ideas into our working day as leaders that would enable more 
inclusion. Mm -hmm. And my immediate thought was, right, let's come up with the list. Mm -hmm. Let's work out what it is. And then we can implement that. And somebody in the group I was working with said, I should go to my team and I should I should ask them how can we how can we be more inclusive and I thought that is such a brilliant idea yeah. oh what do you mean other people might do some of this yeah that's genius it's interesting isn't it because we're sort of laughing about it but we, we, we are all in these patterns and my goodness like we've all either been or worked with the martyr syndrome we have haven't we like every you know it it comes up a lot and you partly you kind of go I can see how I can see how you're in that position you are a lot is being put on you like no question if anything happens to me I want you to put like a picture on the wall with some kind of halo (laughs) yeah some kind of halo sort of yeah like sort of you know sort of yeah yeah it's an interesting one isn't it that we're just is it's it's recognizing those patterns do you know what comes up for me with this is a really extreme example of how differently people approach responsibility and how I guess ultimately we could give like all of our thoughts on this and different ways of thinking about it which is partly what we're doing but ultimately it comes down to you need to stand in your integrity Mm. and your choice because if something happens on your watch you need to feel comfortable with that and some people will find ways of doing it that will involve a very very clear paper chain or email chain now and will be crossing every t dotting every i whereas you know others will find a way through it because they have sort of justified in their own head well you know what that kind of feels right feels right to me you know and those are extremes and i wonder if intuitively as individuals we we take a, a response or a stance on responsibility based on what we either consciously know or intuitively know our capacity is because it can't really be a coincidence that my way of being is that I'll take on I'll take on I'll take on I'll take on I'll make sure I get things done and everything is scheduled and organized and and I am able generally to manage quite a lot like Mm -hmm. I do have quite a lot of capacity for managing things but I mean I guess if I didn't I like to think that my pattern of behaviour around things would would shift and then my boundaries would be in a slightly different place. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, I guess that's how people just are in overwhelm. Yeah. Their boundaries are just not matching their capacity. Well, and also it just becomes a pointless thing, doesn't it, to take on more responsibility when you don't have the capacity. So it brings me to responsibility and capacity. Basically, everything comes down to self-knowledge, doesn't mm. it? To know yourself. And at some level, this is certainly what I think therapy so often comes down to, is once you can understand what's going on for you and understand your patterns, yes, of course, there might be choices around behavioural shifts, but so much of it is around now. Now you know that about yeah. yourself. How can you set your life up in a way that's going to work much better for you? And the people who don't accept that and won't have that about you, well, maybe that's not those yeah. are relationships that aren't going to work. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have a, a high level of capacity, how can you manage your life yeah. so that it, it works better for you? Yeah. You and I, I think for, for me as well, it it really makes me cautious around judging people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have ever back in my corporate days heard people being referred to as lazy. And I don't know if I've genu- genuinely met many lazy people in my life. I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure there are some. I'm sure some team members out there feel they've got a lazy team member. And how much allowance do we make for the fact that 
we are all different in terms of how much we can actually yeah. manage and process yeah. whilst keeping our system in a healthy state. Well, and that's what we don't know. No. What, what we don't know when we, when, we, when we see someone who we feel isn't taking on enough responsibility or doesn't seem to have much capacity, we've got no idea no. what their experience no. of self is like. Are they sitting there thinking, God, I'm getting away with this? this yeah, is or are they sitting there almost bubbling yeah. over with anxiety yeah. and they've reached a limit where if they take on any more they're going to exactly. be wheeled out exactly. you know and we don't we don't really ask those but questions if we assume if we go in with positive intent and yeah. assumptions then we would assume that they are taking on what they can well and i do you know what i think i think a lot of people are i think a lot of people are taking on what they can just instinctively mm, i think a lot of people aren't particularly in touch with their 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 feelings i think we've got we do have a lot of burnout but i think probably what's going on is most people just have a vague sense of what their yeah. capacity is and those who don't yeah. will probably end up in that's burnout right. that's right um, but again you know, it goes back to a podcast we talked about earlier those bodily signals are probably there we're just not we're not very tuned into them because we're much, much better at overriding the body and the emotions and using the brain yeah. to justify, well, you know, Bruce seems... I don't know why it's Bruce. <laughs> Bruce is... We're in Australia. Why is that Bruce? Bruce um, and hello, Bruce, family friend, Bruce, if you're listening. Um, we can't make assumptions actually now. I have, I have this again with delegates where I look at name and I think, well, they're German. No, exactly, they're exactly. That was, so, that was so narrowing very quickly. Then. <laughs> Having just done an expansion and inclusion programme yesterday. Um, this Bruce is not Australian. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bruce seems to be able to to manage this but that's using our rational brain yeah, that's right. to justify why yeah. we and, and I hear this a lot from clients that almost like they'll touch on the finny and go yeah but that's ridiculous you know I should be able to do it and they'll that's right, and, abs- and, the, and the brain becomes the thing that absolutely knocks away what the body is trying to tell you i think we're i think we're coming up to the red the red the red zone if only my petrol gauge had um philip are you going to take responsibility (laughs) for filling your car up with petrol do you know i do take full responsibility (laughs) did you not have the capacity i did not i did have the capacity to go to the petrol station oh god and not only that but i needed somebody to come and rescue me buy buy yourself a packet of fruit pastels it would make the world a difference i wish i'd done that that would have really changed the experience there you go There you go. Yeah. Thanks to 4D's Pen and Phil for another funny and thought-provoking episode. 4D Human Being is an international communication skills and leadership development company specializing in high-impact and experiential workshops, programs, and keynotes delivered both virtually and face-to-face. To find out more about our work, check out our website, 4dhumanbeing.com, where you'll also find further podcasts, videos and resources plus a link to sign up to our monthly newsletter conscious conversation and never miss another episode by subscribing to the 4d human being podcast wherever you get your podcasts and remember are you happening to the world or is the world happening to you